This is your Monday Strip Sports Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. As is customary, I talked to Patrick Royce. A lot to get to this weekend, so Patrick and I talked for a very, very long time, pretty much the whole show, so we're just going to dive into that right away, right now. Another Monday on Daily Delivery, Patrick Royce joins the show. A lot to, lot to get to, Patrick, uh, for you know, middle, late June. Um, the storylines could, uh, could, uh, could not be more interesting right now. Want to talk about Byron Buxton's return since we talked so much about him last week. Want to talk about, you know, baseball's enforcement of the uh, the sticky substances <laughs> starts today. Um, NBA playoffs have been about as good as I can remember, about as good as you can remember too, I bet. And uh, maybe we can even get to uh, get to a little bit of uh, uh, within those playoffs. Kevin Durant playing all the minutes uh, in the games, and Ben Simmons uh, unfortunately playing some as well. Um, <laughs> yes. Off, off the and bat, a little golf. We got to get a little Bryce. Yeah. Oh yeah. U.S. Open down in there. Bluto's meltdown. We got to get that in there too. Yeah. There's a lot of melting down on Sunday, wasn't there? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So uh, you want to start anyway, there? Let's start let's there. Get let's get rolling. Just, yeah, we can start. Let's there. start the U.S. Was, Open. Uh, what uh, I, you know, I watched. I didn't watch a ton of it until yesterday and it was you know you i caught up caught up to it right around the back nine which is about perfect and the leaderboard looked pretty good and then all of a sudden these guys just started dropping like flies what oh, what happened that must they must be impossible greens to putt for some reason when they get them at the lightning speed that they want in the summer because i don't think they'd any rain out there and uh they must have i, I never heard anything about how fast they had them but it must have been something because nobody can make a pot except for Rom made the two at the end. But uh, those those four or five footers, man, they were missing them left and right. And uh, it isn't. I, I I had this observation uh, about with a couple hours to go in the day. I said golf's the only sport where a lot of the fans root for the arena instead of the players. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we like to see them go, you know, we, and, you know, we like to see them be challenged to the, to almost a grotesque point, right. Where, right. They, where it's like misery. Uh, but we found out something. I remember, you know, Korzanowski, Korzanowski told me about seven years ago, he says, Rory McIlroy will never win a Masters because he can't putt. And, and so this got me looking closer at Rory as a putter. And he's right. He can't putt. He can't make enough putts to win a, you know, win a big time tournament anymore. He was phenomenal as a kid, but he can't putt. But DeChambeau, man, when it went, you know that he led on the 10th tee. And I, yeah. think, I think then shot the highest back nine of the day. I, yeah. I, I believe that I heard that he shot the highest, what, 43 highest back nine of the day. And he, that, you know, that quad he made uh, the eight where he was hitting it back and forth. And then his quote afterwards was, I didn't come off the rails at all. I hit it. I've hit it just like this in one tournaments. Uh, I hate those guys that can't fess up to, to right. choke them, but you know, that's athletes and they have a lot of defense mechanism. But this sport, Mike, I've always felt that there's more fate involved in golf than any other sport. And that goes back to when Ben Crenshaw won his second Masters. Because he, he won his first one, he was a good player. That was 86, and he could roll a putt better than anybody. 
by 95, he couldn't break an egg. He couldn't hit it out of the room. Uh, he got on the senior tour a couple, a few years later, and I think won once. He was brutal. He was terrible. He was terrible before 95 and, and, and terrible after 95. And yet Harvey Penick died that week. His big, great mentor, his big buddy, he gave the eulogy at the funeral. And then he came and won the Masters sure. out of nowhere. I mean, right. he dropped out of the sky and won the Masters. And then we had Sergio, uh, you know, somehow playing terrible. He ended up, you know, Sergio couldn't do anything anymore. And it was the anniversary of Seve's death right, right. remember that and, I do, yeah. uh, and the whole thing and he won the masters and uh, there's you get all these mystical connections to uh things in golf and i think rom having the one taken away from him two weeks ago and he basically said it he said he believes in karma and uh you know he gets he gets uh, taken off the golf course with a six-stroke lead uh, two weeks ago loses a million and a half bucks and uh comes back and makes two of a beautiful putts uh, on 17 and 18 and wins the tournament. And he's a, he is not an Adonis golfer. Is he? he doesn't no. have that. He's kind of got that fat trunk on him. You know, he's got the fat rear end and the pot belly and kind of a, he's not the dashing Spaniard that Sebi was, No, but uh, he can really play. And uh, he, he played much better than everybody else did yesterday. And, uh, yeah, it was. It turned out to be a great tournament. Torrey Pines, the, the Torrey Pines these guys play in the summer or the early late spring is always a lot different than the one they play in the winter. You know, they the USGA gets in there and toughens it up, something fierce, and makes the rough. They did. They did something with the rough because remember last year, DeChambeau was able to just blow it so far down there that the rough didn't bother him. I think they grew the rough thicker, like at 320 yards. You well, know, was, I think he hit a couple you know, out of there that looked like it was hitting out of like a, I don't know, like a, like a giant salad. It was just like, yeah. it was so much stuff that he had to hit out of. Yeah. I think that they, I was thinking when I was watching them last year, I was saying next year, these guys are going to have the rough like from 310 to 340 is going to be like cabbage because they don't want some guy, you know, the, the rough has always been a famous part of the U S open and they don't want some guy to make it completely irrelevant as DeChambeau did last year by just blowing it down there so far that uh, even if he was in it, he could still hit a pitching wedge up to the green. And, you know, if you could get a, if you can get a wedge on, if, if all you need to hit is a wedge out of that stuff, you can, you know, you can handle it, but they, they grew it so high uh, this year at, at certain places that he couldn't do that, but man alive, it's uh, it turned into a, a crazy day. And I, I watched a lot more of it Sunday than I had the rest of the week too, but it was, uh, you know, Rama Rama's a very good winner. It's a, it's kind of odd. I don't think most of the non-golf fans realize that he's even Spanish, right? Because I think no. is is it isn't it John Rom Rodriguez or something like that. I can't even remember what his okay. last name. Yeah, but he he dropped that and, and went with the 
well, with the ROM, and uh, that that makes it uh, a little confusing for people. But uh, a hell of a player, there's no doubt about it. Enjoy your money your way when you switch to Royal Credit Union. You can pay friends and family for free, deposit checks on the go, and even get alerts about your accounts sent in real time. Stop in and open your account today, or get started at rcu.org/yourway. Insured by NCUA. After that was over, did you happen to flip over to uh, watch the the final game of Ben Simmons' misery? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, poor, what a town to choke into oh. Philadelphia. Man. Game game seven in Philadelphia. <laughs> the path the path could not be clearer for them. Right? They they yes. they got through the first round pretty pretty comfortably. Then they get the Hawks, who you know, fine team, but you know, definitely one of those like. Hey, we made it to the second round. The kind of teams you don't well, ever expect them to win. And then the Nets had already lost, so they're going to play the Bucks. You could see them yeah. beating the Bucks. So here's the uh, here's the amazing part: they lost to the Hawks when Trey Young went five for twenty three. Yeah, it was Kevin yes. Herter. It was the Kevin Herter show. That's who you lost to in Game Seven. Yes, and uh, but Simmons is Simmons only took five shots because he was so fearful of getting fouled he was so embarrassed at his free throw shooting as he should be that he wouldn't didn't doc basically called him out did you see it after the game no i didn't see that what did he said say? they said can can ben simmons be the point guard on a winning team and he said i don't know but i don't know if he can or wow. not, basically he said and he, you know he had 13 assists yesterday but only because he wouldn't shoot you know yeah, he, yeah. he was he was just passing because I think in game six, when they had the big lead and blew it, right, uh, 22 or three points, he was uh, four for 18 on free throws. And they started – their comeback was based on hacking him, you know, and having him miss free throws. And so he was absolutely terrified to go up and embarrass himself at the line. So he wouldn't he – he gave up the ball. And, you know, Mike, unless you're, you know – uh, Dennis Rodman, right? Who gets all the rebounds. If you can't shoot, you can't play. And yeah. he's, he cannot shoot. He was, he's 20. I just saw this stat 24 out of 71 on free throws in the playoffs. Oh, that's 24 so out of bad. 71. You can go to any grade school in town and yeah. get eight, 24 out of 71 from the same place with the same ball that's unbelievable i mean that's just that's like 34 35 percent i mean that's like you you can't do, and the, there's a play in the fourth quarter too where i think the well, philly was down two i think maybe down two or three he he gets his guy in isolation makes a nice spin move he's going to the basket he has a dunk if he just yeah. goes up and dunks it but he dishes because he's so afraid again of They're getting fouled or yeah. something happened missing the layup i don't know what but yeah, that's wow. a that's a confounding problem for them because he's a very good player in every other facet of the game. But in the playoffs in particular, like you can't get to the final five minutes of a game with a point guard who can't shoot or shoot from the line. It's just it's not a winning combination. So he, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be entertaining trades for him in the offseason. So I don't know how that works, though. I, I don't think Philadelphia is all the blue collar hard nasty town that it always was uh i think their sports fans are probably you know cost cost more money so it's a different group but man when they get down on you they they invented nasty sports talk on the radio in that town 
And uh, I can't imagine the way there's nothing. I'm sure they enjoyed for 20 minutes, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, yeah I walked but, through the sky away yeah. with some of those happy fans and then they probably were done after that. Yeah. And, uh, but you could, you know, they ran Doug Peterson out already. Right. And, uh, this, the docs, but doc could be one and done there too. Cause, uh, this is, they cannot be happy there because, you know, Philadelphia always was a great basketball town, but uh, with the five colleges and the whole deal. But uh, I don't think it, that's probably changed, too, with the, you know, to some degree. But uh, I am sure that they are getting killed today down in Philadelphia for, uh, guess, for that for that collapse. I think I saw a tweet from Bobby Marks from ESPN said, I can't recall ever seeing a team getting booed off the court after a game seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's the home team getting booed off the court. So they were letting them have it last night. It was usually, yeah, you're right. Usually it's like, ah, oh, man, the season's over. Then you kind of get the, hey, good season cheer tour, you know, even after it's all done. That did not happen for uh, for the 76ers in that game. It's just, oh, like, so it's uh, like the Bucks and the Hawks. Like, I would not have. Yeah. Like, the, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I pointed this out on Twitter. You know where the Hawks were before they were in St. Louis, don't you? Milwaukee, 1951 oh. to 1955. Okay. And their, their, their last year in Milwaukee was the first year of the great Bob Pettit. Okay. Who then went to St. Louis. So that's like us using, losing Elgin Baylor. And we still hate the Lakers, right? So yeah. the Hawks, Milwaukee should still hate the Hawks for taking uh, Bob Pettit out of their town. So uh, I think, I think it's a revenge game, a revenge series for the, uh, for the uh, Bucks, I got to tell you though, about Philadelphia, you know, the Viking yeah. fans had a lot of experiences oh, there, uh-huh. but that's in the new ballpark, right? The new yeah. stadium, which yep. is like high class compared to the fat. Right. And in my many years of sports writing, the most crazy scene i have ever seen in my life as i was on the way to either the alcs or the world series or something in new york and i stopped on a monday night because herschel was with the eagles okay and the cowboys the cowboys came to town monday night Mm -hmm. they kicked off at 9 10 p.m that's when they were still kicking off at 9 10 p.m and i got out i had a cab drop me off maybe at six, six thirty maybe, and I walked basically from the street to the to the uh, you know the, the press entrance through the crowd, two hundred and fifty yards, three hundred yards maybe. I I was never so verbally abused and threatened. <laughs> in my life because I had a, I was carrying a type uh, computer or something. They uh-huh. could tell I was carrying something. Yeah. Many references to the fact that I was somewhat overweight and very sincere questioning of my sexual preference. Every time oh, I walked, uh, every step I took, it was unbelievable. The drunkest mob of human beings oh. I've ever seen. And this was, at least two and a half hours before kickoff. Uh, and, it's unbelievable. And you weren't like 
you know, you weren't was, identifiable as no, like a no. Cowboys fan or something like no, that. Like imagine, if, imagine a, what a Cowboys fan gets in that yeah, scenario. Right. Then. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, it was unbelievable. This was that was at the vet, the old blue collar crowd where they had a jail downstairs. You know, right, right. when they arrest arrested people, they were processed some downs in the basement. Right. It was, it was unbelievable. God Almighty, it was, it was. Uh, Alcohol and football, man, a bad combination. No kidding. I want to get back to the NBA for one minute before we turn to the Twins for just a little bit, too. Did you, did you see the end of the Game 7 of Nets, uh, Nets Bucks? Because I'm starting to wonder, Patrick, if maybe um, playing Kevin Durant all 53 minutes of Game 7 after playing him all 48 minutes of Game 5, you know, this guy, you know, veteran, Coming off of major injuries, I know yes. he carried them. He carried them. He carried them. It almost worked. If his shoe was an inch shorter, they might have won in regulation. But yeah. man, Tim of those got to be sitting there saying, "I get killed for playing. Hit? I get killed for playing guys thirty nine minutes. They played him fifty three <laughs> minutes. What was that? Why did they do that? I don't know. They, it, I mean, I wasn't. It was like a macho thing uh, for. For uh, well, Harden played the whole way too. He, he did. Can't yeah, move. He's right. I mean, he's 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 injured. I don't know what God, it, was. it was. It was like, like like they're like this is the only way we can win. I guess we don't have enough good players. So Kevin Durant and James Harden, who you know are uh, limping around the court. Steve Matt, and- Steve Nash must have played fifty three when he was uh, in Phoenix or something. I but that's a different different type of game for Durant's getting Durant's getting beat around. Yeah, it just it didn't really make any sense. You know, just that. You know, that little three minute, four, five minute, four minute, five minute blow at the at the end of the third quarter or, you know, sometime in there. I, I don't like the fourth quarter taking the rest at the start of the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I would have right. given them three, four five minutes at the end of the third. for You know, it's as you're right. I mean, Durant's not as young as he used to be. No. Although he was boy, drafted he did, in 2007. I mean, yeah. But boy, he did reestablish his greatness, didn't oh, he? Oh, sure. There is man. He's he's a he's something. He's a he's a weapon. But uh, it was I'm, I'm happy for the Bucks because uh, I I you know when they were down three two, I didn't think they were going to get her done. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't think so at all. I thought they were I thought they were cooked. I thought it was going to be you know it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. You know, especially at the start of the series, that it was going to be Philadelphia against the the Nets against Brooklyn. You're going to have this kind of great you know, great series and now it's Nets, I'm sorry, Bucks, Hawks. And it's just, you know, and then the other side, the other side is, you know, kind of wide open too. You know, you've got, it looks like the sun. I feel like the sun. If if Kawhi's not going to play though, the Clippers don't have a chance. Yeah. And sun's look pretty good right now. Sun's can win. Devin Booker's fantastic. Yeah, he is. He was great. And, uh, and Chris Paul, I, I think Phoenix can operate better without Chris Paul and the Clippers can without Kawhi Leonard, but hey, it's, right. it's been, I don't know how it is for ratings, but it's been great for fans not seeing the same teams and not, and with the, with the playoffs being a lot more predictable and one more th- unpredictable and one more thing, Harden, Durant, Kyrie. Okay. Fantastic. For the 20 minutes they've been on the court together this right. year, but the injury the injury history of those three guys, not hardened until last year, but it started last year. Uh, it just tells you that you're not going to have them. You know, the, the idea of them all staying healthy through a whole playoff run just 
does not exist. They all get hurt too often. So that's that. That sport is that sport is harder to keep a full complement of players together. I mean, the NFL obviously harder, but you got a lot more players. But as a, as important as key players are in that heart, you know, you're just always one step from turning an ankle or some damn thing. It's a it's a tough sport to stay healthy in when you get into the grind, man. Absolutely. It's a good segue back to the twins too, Patrick, because Byron Buxton, I was surprised based on the narrative that we were kind of hearing from Seattle when he didn't play, uh, even though he was on the trip, um, you know, had Phil Miller on Friday show and it sure seemed like we were headed for another rehab stint based on how he had run um, in a little, you know, trial out there in, uh, in Seattle, but then he gets activated and he plays Saturday, Sunday, he beats out a grounder. That's pretty important. Saturday, it's a home run on uh, on Sunday to get that game going, and suddenly he's suddenly he's back. I guess what do, what do you make of everything that I, the timeline of everything? I don't know. The Rocco is, I guess, was not trying to get any expectations up, but that that some dramatic change took place between fr- Thursday and Friday. Uh, I don't buy it. I don't. I'm wondering if somebody up on top up, up above say. Did the doctors say he can play? And they said, yes, then play him. Although uh, supposedly, I don't know, maybe he doesn't, maybe only trust because he supposedly he got the okay from the orthopede for the Rangers, who's supposed to be oh, a well-known, really? well-known guy on Thursday. They MRI'd him again. And then he went to see, see the other, the Rangers uh, orthopede. And they they must have given him the assurance he needed that there's nothing wrong here, or giving given Rocco the assurance he needed. We I I don't know I I don't know if I buy the narrative that he was, you know, boy he can't wait he he you know he probably was willing to play, but whether he was breaking the door down to play, I don't have any idea. You, you never know what truth you're being told here in this situation, but uh, apparently his last Friday that the he had the two impressive uh, rehab games in St. Paul. And then on uh, Sean Aronson, I saw him the other night. He said on Saturday, he slowed down a couple of times, which makes me wonder why they put him on the plane. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I don't know what's going on here, but, uh, you know, he looked ready to play, as I said last week and have kept saying, you're not going to be 100%. No. You know, you're, you're, You've been in pro ball 10 years. You've got a long injury history. There's only one, there's only one thing here. I'm good enough to play. <laughs> That's good. You know, it's not, I'm a hundred percent, blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? I'm good enough to play. Are you and, injured uh, or are you hurt? It's kind of the yeah, distinction, yeah, right? right? That's right. Yeah. Are you injured? Or are you hurt? And uh, I had a home run. He hit yesterday. Oof, killed that ball. Yeah, he did. That ball was, uh, that ball was smacked. Uh, he's certainly a better hitter than he, uh, than he's ever been. And, uh, uh and it, it does make a difference. Uh, I'll tell you that. And you know what the nice difference of having him back and Kepler have back and everybody, you can platoon Kirilov and Sano at first base, right? <laughs> you don't have to play Sano. That's yeah. the best part of it. I don't care what anybody wants to tell me. Okay. He's hit 30, hit 13 home runs. I saw one of the local, uh, a blog outfits that uh, is kissing up to him. Uh, 
uh, named him their player of the month for May or something. I, I don't know what it was. The guy is hitting 179. I don't care about the, you know, that he hits a home run twice a week. He's hitting 179. This is, you got to have a standard for having a guy on the field and 179 is not it man alive yeah no that's true i mean he drives me nuts people trying to defend this big lout yeah he he did win he won a couple games for him but he his presence in the everyday lineup he just you he's like an automatic out almost he's like he's a rally killer he's a rally killer exactly every situation that is meaningful you generally don't want him up there even if every once in a while he's going to run into one What's amazing though is they're so that they thought this weekend he didn't start against the two uh right handers, right? He started he's hitting 135 against lefties. How is right. that possible? I don't know. How I don't know how that's that possible? possible. I don't know. It's, he should be killing lefties. He should yeah, be. they they throw him that little sinker and he swings over the top of it, hacks away. I don't know. I you know it's uh, uh, you know, it's nice to see him run into one and his first base play has been okay, better than it was, but, uh, you know, it's, he is, he's, he's Chris Davis, either one, yeah. take your pick C-H-R-I-S or just see He's Chris Davis. He can't handle modern velocity and he can't handle modern variety of pitches. Now we'll find out tonight. I was going to say, is the pitching going to change? Is he a victim we, of the spin rate, Patrick? Is, is he a victim? Spin rate? I think he is a victim of the spin rate. And uh, boy, did Joe West know what he was starting when he said, hey, change your cap to that guy about a month ago. I don't know. I, I mean, Joe West started this whole thing because then Schilt, the manager, went in and said, it's happening all over the league. Right. Blah, blah, blah. What do we, I mean, that was. That that whole thing triggered this, and it's amazing uh, what uh, what what has happened in a month. And uh, last night I was listening to uh, uh, Timmy Kirkjian and Olney and the rest of that crew on uh, before the before the Sunday night game, and they're talking about like today being one of the landmark days in wow. baseball history because they're gonna start checking pitchers and. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? You, you, you're, I, I, it's, this is not just waiting to see a ball that's suspiciously marked. This is, they're supposed to go out and what, greet the pitcher when he arrives at the mound from the bullpen or uh, what, what are they going to do? It's going to be just, that's just putting more pressure on the umpires. I, I know somebody told me that uh, they had this anecdote from about six weeks ago, uh, the uh, uh, a hitter was up and a baseball did something it shouldn't be able to do you know and it did whoosh went over to the uh you know just jumped like it's not supposed to jump and obviously was loaded up with whatever we found out spider tech and the hitter turns around to the ump and says did you see that and the ump <laughs> says and the umpire says I'm here to call balls and strikes. Oh, geez. You know, well, now, now they're there to become chemists, right? So well, and then managers too. I heard Buster, I think it was a Buster only tweet or story the other day where he said managers, you know, have kind of had this 
gentleman's agreement for a long time that they're not going to ask the umps to check. And he said a yes. few a few managers are now going. He's he's got you know sourcing that says at least a few of them are going to break with that. And once a few of them do, yes. you're going to have a lot of managers asking them to check, and it's going to become a free for all, right? And Mike, what is uh, what have we been told for about the last eight years in baseball that the commissioner's office is trying to do things to speed up the game? Uh, <laughs> I didn't they, think about the pace they, of play they really implications. Think, uh, they really think asking every pitcher who comes in, all eight of them for each team, oh, to uh, show them their glove, show them their hat. It's going to look silly, isn't it? It, it I, is, I, but I don't just don't think, just don't cheat. Like no, that's <laughs> it. They, you know, that's what people were saying. They've been saying about this. You know, what do what are you going to do? How about honesty? Right. How about honesty? How about not cheating? That's uh, you know, and everybody thinks that's unrealistic, but uh, I I think it's fine to certainly enforce it more, but I think they should see something occur. Don't you? The, the baseball, yeah. show me that baseball. Yeah. There's I think so big, too. There's a big gob of super glue on it. Okay. You're out. You know? Yeah. Like when they got Pineda a few years ago, when he, when he yeah. was having a hard time and they got that glob of pine tar that was too hard to ignore and they had to just go and get him and spend <laughs> him for 10 games. Yes. Yeah. Man alive. There's a uh, did. Uh, what's interesting about it is I guess they don't want to fight the players association. So there it's suspension without pay. Right. I mean, with pay, with pay, Oh, with pay. Okay. With, with pay. pay. Yeah. So it's like, uh, they, they knew that they'd end up in a, in, in a grievance, you know, I suppose if they, if they tried to take their money away from them. So, which makes it kind of silly, doesn't it? But I think it's just going to be another, you know, everything I've wrote about this actually a while back that, you know, last week or sometime, every time they make one of these changes, the initial change, they just look like idiots, you know, whenever, yeah. whenever they do like no blocking of the plate. Okay. Guys, 20 feet from home plate. You got your foot in front of the bag. They're calling them safe. For right. Right. There, you know? Right. I mean, they just, this is going to be a fiasco just because, just because it's baseball, it's going to be a fiasco. And a lot of times the umpires are resentful that they've been giving these extra duties. Right. So they could make it into a farce if they want to, too, <laughs> because they, the, the, but we, what we have to realize is the umpires dislike baseball's management, you know, the, the yeah. commissioner's office just as much as the players do, you know, they, they just, they, they feud with them just as much as the players do. They have two very strong unions to fight with. And uh, of course the umpires lost a lot of their clout, but, uh, but the umpires are, if, if the umpires can make this a fiasco, they will. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. That uh, starts today, the, the uh, in, enhanced enforcement of all of this. And uh, next let's, week, uh, when we talk, <clears throat> let's what? say one thing though what just as we've been saying all year that twins bullpen is shutting them down <laughs> that's right four, <laughs> four wins in a row baby can't uh can't stop them now they've been uh, no. they've been they've been good lately they have been good they lately. have they, they played uh good in the field i gotta say i love the shortstop man he yeah. is goofy he is goofy but man his hands are i've never seen hands on a shortstop like that in my life he's there's just there's just no play too complicated for him. Um, yesterday, yesterday made a great play 
uh, late in the game on the other side of second base. You know, yeah. he just I love, went over I love there. shortstops go over there. Everybody was just kind of looking around saying, what's happening here? And he goes, boom, boom. And the ball's away in like an eighth of a second. He's a, he's a, he's a hell of a shortstop, but you can see he's from another planet too. I mean, he's, he's goofy, <laughs> but uh, man, is he good. So that anyway. is <clears throat> glad we're getting to see him more. Maybe, you know, We'll see what the we'll see what the twins can do in the next month here before the trade deadline. Probably not much, but hey, four in a row is better than four losses in a row. And we'll see where they are next week when we talk again. Patrick Royce, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll we'll get you again down the road. All right. All right, sir. Let's end with the cooler. I'm going to dive into this maybe more a little bit later in the week. But Ben Simmons, Patrick and I talked about him. He's certainly going to be mentioned in trade speculation in the offseason. I want you to think right now, is that somebody you would like the Timberwolves to pursue? And is that somebody you think they will pursue? Thank you for joining here today. Patrick Royce was great. Had fun talking to him. We'll have Marcus Fuller on a show a little later this week, and we'll talk to you, the fans. Uh, we'll have a few of you on as well to talk about Bally Sports North and the frustration you have felt with, uh, with that and spinning forward to the future of Bally Sports North and TV viewing with sports as well. Thanks for listening today. We'll catch you again on Tuesday.